Before we dive into today's episode, I want to invite you to consider attending the Hope Restored Trauma Intensive, happening September 12th to 15th in Kissimmee, Florida. If you are looking for a safe space to share your hard story, where you will be seen and heard, if you need help working through your past or present day trauma, if you want to be in a community where women will hold space for your pain and point you to Jesus and His healing grace, this intensive might be for you. Anne Simmons, Brenda Stewart, and I have partnered to bring you a weekend of spiritual encouragement, deep work, biblical teaching, and clinical practices. We have limited the intensive to a small, intimate gathering, so sign up as soon as possible. Learn more by clicking the link in the show notes. Now for today's episode. If you've been listening to this podcast for a few weeks, you probably already know that my anthem is God Rescued Me. Psalm 40 is a psalm of rescue, and Rahab's story is a story of rescue. And so is mine. And honestly, so is yours. All of us are in need of rescue. Without God's grace, none of us would have any hope at all. Where in your life do you need rescue right now? Where have you already seen God's rescue? Hi, friend. You're listening to Find Hope Here. I'm your host, Teresa Whiting, author, speaker, ministry leader, friend, and fellow struggler. This is a podcast about the messy, complicated, painful parts of life, but also the beautiful, joy-filled hope that Jesus promises. Each week, we dig deep into God's Word together and talk about how His truth impacts our everyday lives. I'm not going to ask you to sit with me and have coffee because I seem to have my best conversations while I'm just doing life. So I'd love to hang out with you as you walk or fold laundry or drive to work. You're invited to join me in pursuing the hope God promises. No matter where you are or where you've been, I pray you always find hope here. Let's jump in to today's episode. Welcome to episode six, Psalm 40, our rescue story. Psalm 40, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them, yet they are more than can be told. In sacrifice and offering, you have not delighted, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. 
Behold, I have not restrained my lips. As you know, O Lord, I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. As for you, O Lord, you will not restrain your mercy from me. Your steadfast love and your faithfulness will ever preserve me. For evils have encompassed me beyond number. My iniquities have overtaken me and I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head. My heart fails me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let those be put to shame and disappointed altogether who seek to snatch away my life. Let those be turned back and brought to dishonor who delight in my hurt. Let those be appalled because of their shame who say to me, aha, aha. But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continuously, great is the Lord. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought for me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O oh my God. Let's go through Psalm 40 together. Verse 1 says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. That word waited patiently, it actually doesn't say waited patiently in the original language. It says waited and waited. In other words, I was waiting and waiting. I was in the pit. God, it says, he drew me up from the pit out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock. I don't know if you've ever been in like um, a creek or some kind of muddy situation. I know I have been on multiple occasions in a situation where it's so muddy and so slippery that I can't get a foothold. That is what the psalmist is saying. He's saying, I was in this situation. I was in this pit and I could not get myself out. And that idea, he drew me up from the pit. God reached down and pulled me out. He leaned toward me. He rescued me. It's it's such a contrast between um, being in this slimy pit where I can't get a foothold and being on a rock. It says, he set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. I'm going to read Psalm 18 verses one to three. It says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I am saved from my enemies. The rock that God sets our feet upon is himself. He puts us in relationship with him and gives us a firm place to stand. Verse three, he put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Of course, why wouldn't we have a new song in our mouth? When we are rescued, this is what we do. We sing praise. We do this with all kinds of things. I mean, when I come across a new recipe or a great podcast or a great workout, I tell people about it like, oh, you've got to read this book. Well, the psalmist is saying, I can't help but sing about what God has done, his rescue of me. And other people, they're going to see it. They're going to hear about it. And they're going to put their trust in the Lord. Some some of you may be thinking they're like, oh, well, I, you know, I don't have a good story or 
I, I'm afraid to talk to people, but you don't need to be any kind of expert or theologian. Really, I think about the woman who, um, who Jesus met at the well, right? He meets her and she's this lost soul. She has a conversation with Jesus. She comes to faith in him. And she's like, I'm going to tell everybody all about you. She didn't need to go to seminary. She didn't need to take a Bible class. She needed to say, I met a man who told me all I ever did. I met someone who has loved me with a perfect love and he loves you too. And really that's all you need to do. It's just like one beggar telling another beggar where to find food. That's what I'm doing, guys. I am just a person who has received God's goodness and I'm sharing it. And honestly, you could do the same thing. Verse four, blessed is the man, and I would add, or woman, who makes the Lord his or her trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after lie. Oh, this is so fascinating. I don't know if you realize this, but scripture never, ever tells us to trust in people. As a matter of fact, in Proverbs, it says, he who trusts in man is a fool. Always, always, we are told to put our trust in God. But I love that phrase, he makes the Lord his trust, or she makes the Lord her trust. It's you make him your confidence, your hope. And then again, this blessed person launches into praise. You have multiplied, multiplied, oh Lord, my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts towards us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them. When we see God at work in our lives, our response is worship. We, we can look back and see God's faithfulness. We can't see all of it, but because, you know, the psalmist is like, I'll proclaim and tell of them that they're more than can be told. We don't even know. We can't even see all the ways that God blesses us and protects us and preserves us when he rescues us. So often I think about my life and how uh, if you've listened to my story, which was in episode one, I had become as a young child after being sexually abused, I had become promiscuous. I was literally on a path of self-destruction. I was going down a path of foolishness and sin and lostness. And I feel like God reached down and rescued me and pulled me out. And I don't even know. I can't even tell you all the things that he saved me from, that he rescued me from. And I know that your story is the same. If God has rescued you, you don't even know all the things that he has protected you from. Okay, verses six to eight are actually about Jesus. So it's almost like a little section of prophecy in here where it says, in sacrifice and offering, you have not delighted, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering, you have not required. Then I said, behold, I have come in the scroll of the book. It is written of me. I delight to do your will. Oh my God, your law is within my heart. This is actually written about Christ and it refers to him. And it's interesting. He says, you have not desired burnt offering or um, or a sin offering because he was the offering. He came in obedience. He heard God's righteous requirement and he met it. He did God's word completely. And verse eight, he, that word delight, I delight to do your will. Oh my God. That word is found in Isaiah 53. In, in a place that it it almost 
can sound disturbing because it says in the original language that it delighted the father to crush him. And we think, how could that be? How could God the father be delighted to crush his son? I believe the only reason that God and Christ were both delighted with the plan was because their love for you and me is beyond comprehension. They knew that this horrific plan of Christ giving his life on the cross would ultimately lead to relationship and opening the door so that we could be with God forever. And that's that's where the delight was. Also, they had a big picture. They knew that the pain was going to be temporary and that the joy and the life would be eternal. Verse nine, I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great con- congregation. I have not restrained my lips as you know, O Lord. I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness. I mean, over and over, the psalmist is just saying, speak up. I'm, I am telling the world about what you have done. I think sometimes those who have experienced sexual trauma are afraid to tell their stories. They don't want to share because there's shame associated with it. But when we're sharing our story, if we're sharing the best part, which is God's faithfulness, his love and mercy, no, no, we're not going to we're not going to tell everybody, okay, I've arrived. I'm at this perfect place. I'm completely healed and whole and I never struggle with anything. We can say we're on a journey, but what we can say is look at God's deliverance. Look at God's rescue of me. I have spoken, God, of your faithfulness and your salvation. I haven't kept it inside. You have a story to tell. I don't know what your story is, but it's you're the only one who can tell it. And somebody somewhere needs to hear it. God doesn't give us our stories just for ourselves. He doesn't allow us to go through things and come out on the other side. He doesn't do a work in our lives just so that we can keep it to ourselves and maybe write it in our journal or whisper it in the dark. He gives us our stories so that we can use them to encourage others. So whatever your story is, there is a person out there who needs it, who needs that encouragement, who needs the hope, who needs to know that they are not alone. And then towards the end of verse 11, He says, as for you, O Lord, you will not restrain your mercy from me. Your steadfast love and your faithfulness will ever preserve me. And that that idea of God's steadfast love and faithfulness preserving me into the future, because there will be struggles. One of the phrases I love is, we're not home yet. I mean, we know when we are on this side of heaven, we are not home yet. But until we get there, Again, we see God's steadfast love and faithfulness over and over proclaimed in the scripture. That is what is getting us to the finish line. Verse 12, for evils have encompassed me beyond number. My iniquities have overtaken me and I cannot see. My heart fails me. Be pleased, O Lord, deliver me, help me. This is the cry of someone who sees their own sinfulness, who is distressed about their own sin. Because although All through our lives, we are sinned against. We also sin against God. I love Psalm 73, 26. It says, my heart and my flesh may fail, 
but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Even when my heart fails, even when my flesh fails, even when I give into sin, God is the strength of my heart. Verse 14, let those be put to shame and disappointed altogether who seek to snatch away my life. Let them be brought to dishonor. Let them be appalled because of their own shame who say to me, aha, aha. Okay, basically he's saying, let my enemies be ashamed because for me, there's victory. That Those words, aha, aha, it's words of exaltation over another. I think about when we're watching a movie or we're playing a game or you're watching a sports team and you know the, the team you want or the good guy wins and you're like, yes, right? Those, those who are, um, they're getting their due and the, the winner has come out on top and, and it's like this cry of exaltation. Well, this is saying those who are exalting over me, those who are lording themselves over me with power and kind of feeling like they're the winners, let them be appalled or drawn back or stopped in their tracks. Verse 16, but may all who seek you rejoice and be glad. Those who love your salvation say continually, great is the Lord, because our joy comes from seeking and pursuing and reveling in God's salvation. That word deliverance and salvation is used over and over in this psalm. And another word for that is rescue. We keep singing God's praise. Even if he rescued us years and years ago, we we keep talking about it because honestly, he's still rescuing us every day. He's rescuing us from ourselves, from foolish choices, from sinfulness, even from things like accidents and trials that we don't know about. He is our rescuer. Verse 17, I love how he closes on this note of humility. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought for me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, oh my God. Those, I, The idea here is that I am poor, I'm needy, I'm humble, I'm destitute, I'm afflicted. It kind of has the idea of poor in spirit, similar to what we read in the Gospels where Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought for me. God thinks of me, little me. He's thinking about me and you, and he is our rescuer. Now, I want to go back to Rahab because I think she fits the description of the person in this psalm. She was afflicted and humble and poor. She was caught in the muck and mire of prostitution. She could not save herself. And God reached down and he rescued her. Of all the people God could have saved from the city of Jericho, he chose to rescue Rahab the prostitute. It reminds me of Psalm 40, that God looked toward her in her neediness and reached down. And when we read her story, we give praise to God. We see him as a glorious and gracious rescuer. And me, I resonate with that story. God reached down and rescued me. Sometimes I read about or I talk to people who know of situations of people being trafficked. And honestly, I sometimes think that could have been me. But God rescued me. 
And I want you to think about yourself. How has God rescued you? What has he rescued you from? What is your rescue story? And where are you still in need of rescue? I'm telling you, if you turn to God, he's already, you'll see that he's already reaching toward you. I want to close by just telling you about one of my favorite songs. And that is the song Rescue by Lauren Daigle. I'll link it in the show notes so you can find it easily. Just listen to the chorus of this song. I will send out an army to find you in the middle of the darkest night. It's true. I will rescue you. I will never stop marching to reach you. In the middle of the hardest fight, it's true. I will rescue you. That is God's heart, friend. His heart is eager to rescue you. If you have been encouraged by Psalm 40 and the podcast today, please share it with a friend. God, thank you again for your word. Thank you for this psalm. Thank you for your rescue. Thank you for reaching toward us when we couldn't get a foothold and setting us upon a rock and making our footsteps firm and secure. Thank you for being trustworthy and faithful and always abounding in steadfast love. We praise you, Jesus, and we thank you for who you are. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for hanging out with me today on Find Hope Here. To find anything I mentioned on the episode, go to TeresaWhiting.com slash listen. That's where you can find all the show notes. And remember to hit that subscribe button. If you want to go the extra mile and leave a review, that would be amazing. And it would mean so much to me. I'd like to leave you with this prayer from Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope.